The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Ted, wake up. What? You look exactly like me. I am you, Ted, from the future. You need to call Progressive. What? Why? Well, they have 24-7 protection when you bundle your home and auto, and my teleportation cube just smashed into your car. Wait, you crashed into my car? Technically, it's our car. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. I'm Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. We're bringing you the most complete and hilarious Yanks chat you'll find anywhere. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast, courtesy of Fansack. Welcome to another episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib. Thomas Carinante is off duty today. He will be back after the Yankees either win game one in Cleveland or lose game one in Cleveland to Shane Bieber. That's right. It's a playoff preview. This is a wild card series. We've never had one of these before. They are best two out of three. Let's get strange. Uh, If you want to learn more about the upcoming postseason, you want to listen to us three times per week, Reminder to find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, and drop us reviews, five stars with your mailbag questions. We are more than happy to answer any cues you have, because a lot of weird stuff is about to go down. Uh, And so to preview this weird series uh, with the Cleveland Indians, I got a friend of mine on the pod to join me in Thomas's stead for one night only or one day, depending on when you listen to this. Uh, it's social editor of the Checkdown, Jordan Zerm. Jordan, how you doing? Adam, I'm great, man. It's good to talk to you. It's been a little while. Um, I am, uh, yeah, I guess playoff baseball is starting, and it's, the, it's probably the weirdest um, baseball season for a multitude of reasons that I can remember, but I'm ready. I'm ready for the playoffs. I'm ready to go. Good, uh, good, because I, I am, I, I don't think I am, um, and I know the Yankees are probably not. Um, I, I will, uh, I'll, so I'll obviously ask you a little bit about the Cleveland Indians to get people uh, in New York ready for whatever this series is. Jordan is a huge Indians fan, um, and Jordan and I met uh, while I was. I have Cleveland ties. I, I'm sorry to uh, admit that uh, on the pod, <laughs> and everybody can turn that off if, if they'd like. Um, but I, I was uh, an associate producer on Believeland, the ESPN 30 for 30, uh, about the city of Cleveland. Uh, Jordan and I met during the production of that film, and, and we've been friends ever since. So our relationship is Cleveland-based. 
Um, and so understandably, this is a little bit weird for me, but also I am rooting against you. And I hope you understand that. Um, yeah, that, that's totally acceptable. I mean, obviously this happened in, in 2017 as well. Something I don't, I don't really want to, <laughs> I don't really want to talk about. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's always weird how this happens in terms of, yeah, when, you know, when we met and, um, sort of the, the timing of that. And then, um, yeah, now it's going to be what twice in twice in, I guess, four seasons that the Indians and the Yankees are going to sort of face off in the postseason, which is, uh, yeah, it's it's funny that that like of course that would happen as as you being a Yankees fan who also happened to spend like a decent amount of time in Cleveland like the sports gods are like all right well here's this yeah it's like you you can't take you no know, no relaxation for you and like when I showed up to Cleveland the Yankees were like very very mediocre and the Indians were a borderline playoff team and they were like they the Indians were my pick to break the curse because also we're talking about pre LeBron's return. So yes. I think that needs to be said too. This is like 2013. The Indians were a wildcard team. The Yankees were like their most moribund with like these retiring uh, <laughs> legends of the core. Like, and yeah, obviously, you know, no one has sympathy for Yankee fans, but at the time there wasn't much of a future there. And there looked like there was maybe this like veteran laden team uh, in Cleveland. So there was no, no shame in me sort of rooting them on to, to break the streak. And then, you know, LeBron shows up, different team does it. The Indians and the Yankees are both young and good now. And yeah, you, you mentioned it, but there is weird history between these two teams. People focus on the Yankees and Twins because they seem to face each other near constantly. And people focus on them because the result is Yankees win. The Yankees have won uh, 12 playoff games in a row against Minnesota. That's crazy. Minnesota's good every year. You know, the Yankees are rarely coming into the series overmatched and they still win. Um, but the Yankees and Indians have hooked up in 2017 for obviously a very memorable series for us and for you for different reasons. 2007, uh, the Java Chamberlain career-ending postseason series. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, 1997, uh, Mariano Rivera in his second season as a full-time reliever, giving up the Sandy Alomar Jr. home run in Game 4, and the Yankees go on to lose the ALDS at a time when you don't know if Moe's going to bounce back. And obviously, you know, time has unfolded differently 98 ALCS2 for what it's worth less memorable series but still had Chuck Knobloch pointing at a rolling baseball and the Yankees the, the 98 <laughs> Yankees were down 2-1 to the Indians that year so there, there's stuff there so I guess uh in historical context my first question is do you guys still have the introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body with cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. The bugs. Um, the bugs, the bugs remain the bugs every, uh, every summer, late summer into, I guess, you know, September, October, when it's still pretty warm out in Cleveland before the, the dreaded winter finally comes. Yeah, they still exist. We call them midges. They come off of Lake Erie. They're terrible and disgusting. Like that, the funny thing about it is, you know, like we hold on to that as sort of like a source of pride for that, um, 2007 series because it was just such a, uh, you know, like Jabba had no idea how to deal with it. And some of the Indians players were just like, well, you know, these are these terrible bugs that are here every night uh, during this month. So it's whatever. But like, they're the worst. They're disgusting. I have a very strong memory, you know, and it's not only sort of in Cleveland, like they, they sort of show up around 
the sort of Great Lakes region, I have a very distinct memory when I was young of being in Buffalo, New York at a, we were at like a minor league baseball game and I cannot remember like what it was, but it was my family and I, I was very young. I remember walking back to the car and our car was covered in midges. Like oh, they God. were just like the entire thing. So um, while they were good in 2007 as a deterrent to Jabba Chamberlain, they are in general, they are bad. It's so funny. Cause I have, you know, I, I have not spent as much time in Cleveland as, as you have, but I have a crazy distinct memory of in 2016 being there for, for game one of the world series and just walking through like that parking garage right outside progressive field where there's mm-hmm. like, there's like a sign about the midges. It's like, remember we got midges or whatever, just like <laughs> warning you they exist. And that window was covered in midges. I was like, Oh yes. yeah, no, I didn't need the sign. Like they're there. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it is a very distinct like in Cleveland in September, October, even maybe a little bit of the end of August. Although it's still probably a little too warm for them. That yeah, they're just going to be on windows and they're going to be on cars, and you sort of just get used to it. But yeah, uh, they're yeah, I don't like insects in general, and and midges are they're up there in terms of like bugs that sort of freak me out. Yeah, and I don't. I'm trying to think through it. I like I don't know which pitchers we have this year who who would be as thrown off by their presence like our guys aren't quite as like sweaty and and overall like discombobulated <laughs> like chad green it's kind of a rock like i, I you can see midges crawling on chad green's eyes and he's just sort of like blinking them off zach Britton, i mean a role chapman is the leading candidate you hate to say it yes in terms of the sweat he creates just the odds the odds there are going to be midges in the middle of a chapman inning are like extremely high so just yeah well if he would stop if he would stop wearing long sleeves maybe he wouldn't sweat so much but you know who can say <laughs> It's funny, like, and you should be prepared for this too, I will warn you, like, if Chapman is sweating, like, whatever the lather is, even if there's guys on base, he's at least somewhat in the zone. If he's not producing sweat, then he's in trouble, and, and you're in a much better position. <laughs> that's, the, that's the telltale sign. If he's not sweating, you're going to get to him. It's always like, a, it's, they'll cut to him coming in, and he looks totally clean, and they'll cut to him five pitches later, and he's got drips coming off the brim of the hat, and you're like, I don't wear, how, so fat, like. I've never produced sweat that fast and I, I sweat. I'm a, I'm a human. Um, but yeah, that's a telltale sign. So we are all sort of uh, gearing up for game one, which is uh, knock on wood, unless something goes crazy in the next 24 hours, going to be Garrett Cole, uh, sort of uh, the huge free agent prize uh, of the 2019 offseason against Shane Bieber of the Indians in game one, who put up a 2019 Garrett Cole stat line this year. Cole was really good. Uh, seven and three ERA in the two eights, but Bieber was like the otherworldly pitching prodigy of 2020. So I wanted to ask you, like, we hear a lot about Shane Bieber the myth, but what is Shane Bieber the man? Like, what is it that he brings on a daily basis? What's it like watching him and and how confident are you in Bieber going into a game one, even against a guy like Cole? Yeah, you know, it's it's really wild with Shane and sort of his rise because in some ways like he's very much like Corey Kluber in that he's pretty quiet. Now he's not like, like Corey Kluber remains sort of just this robotic. He's kind of like, like Kawhi, the Kawhi of, of major league baseball. And obviously like he was hurt. He was hurt this year. So um, in, in Texas. So like Corey has sort of faded from memory a little bit, but like Corey would sort of go about his business without any emotion without, and his interviews were super dry. And so Shane's not quite like that. Like Shane, um, has a bit of a personality. Like he has this, like, he's very smiley all the time. Like he is, 
he is not Corey Kluber by any means. But in terms of just like a, a quiet rise, like he's not somebody who's, you know, staring down batters. He's not somebody that has a lot of like distinct features or tattoos. Like he is pretty um, just very sort of vanilla in that way. And so even for Indians fans and like even for me, it, it's sort of crazy how we got here where he is just like all of the sudden the most dominant pitcher in, in, in all of baseball. Like he – I. I think my, it's funny because, so I, I'm in Los Angeles now. I, I moved from Cleveland um, last summer. And one of the last things I did before I moved was I went to the, the all-star game was in Cleveland that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shane Bieber ended up winning MVP. And I sort of remember just being like, wait, is he like, what's going on? How did Shane Bieber get so good? So even for me, it's like uh, his rise has been very rapid and sort of kind of out of nowhere, just because he is a little bit on the quieter side. And also, you know, the Indians have, you know, pitching has always been their sort of calling card. And when you had guys like Carlos Carrasco, especially before the sort of leukemia diagnosis, and you had um, Corey Kluber, and even Mike Clevenger, because of his personality and who he was, and obviously there was Trevor Bauer and everything that comes with him. So Shane sort of was like, you know, the guy you forget about. And now all of a sudden, he's pitching out of his mind. And like, watching him this season, the way he controls a baseball and the the confidence that both I have watching him and, and, and it really comes from him on the mound. Like he just, it seems like there's no, there's no fear whatsoever from him. Like he's going up there and he's throwing his pitches and he's getting, I mean, he was, he had, I forget what it was, but the amount of strikeouts he had through his first like three to four starts was absurd. I think he was, he was setting Indians records. He was coming close to setting like major league baseball records. Like, just pitching out of his mind. Um, and so it's, it's really cool because like I said, you know, he really kind of came from the bottom of that Indians rotation where he was not the guy that anybody really thought about because they had so many other really good pitchers and he's just completely taken over that rotation and become the arguably the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah. I was literally going to say before you brought it up that he went like literally in a year from like, Oh, he's the all-star game MVP in his home stadium. That's so cute to like 122 strikeouts in, in 70 something innings this year. Like, and he makes you forget, like he's got all the focus entering the series and rightfully so like he's the kind of venomous name that you're scared of as an opposing team, but he makes you forget that Mike Clevenger was on this roster like a couple weeks ago. Like we're obviously in a time warp. Like it's hard to keep track of anything and things from a week ago feel like a month and a half or, you know, yesterday, and there's no way of knowing. But Mike Clevenger was was on this roster at the deadline and would have started game two behind him. But it, it kind of – that doesn't really seem to matter now. Like, there, there's still enough horses on the Indians team that you would still call, even after losing Clevenger, Bauer, and, like, Carrasco's power has been diminished and Kluber's gone. You would still say pitching is a distinct advantage for this team. Yeah, it is um... – it is very wild that they were able to sort of in, in multiple kind of years, <laughs> like trade away Trevor Bauer, you know, the year, the year prior. Now, obviously they missed the playoffs, but um, be able to sort of trade a Trevor Bauer and a Mike Clevenger uh, in back to back years around the deadline and then still sort of, you know, have a team that, um, you know, especially this season, who knows what's going to happen, but like at least pitching wise, they, it's still the strength of their team. Um, yeah, you know, Clevenger, the Clevenger trade is interesting because I think a lot of people, myself included, feel like they didn't do enough in that trade for this season. Um, that, that trade was very much focused on sort of the future 
of the organization, which which they always have their eye on, as well they should. But, um, you know, it didn't really do a lot for this season. The one guy that sort of they plugged into the lineup as an everyday guy is, is Josh Naylor uh, in the outfield, and he's been pretty, you know, average. Uh, hasn't really made that much of a, a difference in terms of the atrocious outfield hitting that the Indians provide, and, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But um, so, you know, I think for a lot of people, I think the Indians – could have done more with that trade, but I don't think anyone is sort of um, like wishing they didn't trade Mike Clevenger, um, especially after what happened with the situation with him and, and Zach Plezak when they went out in Chicago um, and Plezak got caught and had to apologize. And then Mike Clevenger turned out it, he was with Plezak and just didn't tell anybody and was even like trying to defend Plezak's actions to the team be like, Oh, it wasn't that bad without anybody knowing that Mike Clevenger was also there with him. So there were some personality things um, that I think, you know, he, he probably needed to be removed from that locker room, but yeah, it is. Um, it is a credit to, I think the Indians organization in that they take Guys who you haven't heard of before who have just come kind of out of nowhere, whether acquired in trade. Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for sports stuff you definitely could not do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage for Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. ...as prospects or they're within the Indians organization, and they just sort of continually turn them into these really good pitchers. And especially over the last four or five seasons, it's been pretty unbelievable to watch to the point where, yeah, you, you trade Mike Clevender and it's kind of a shoulder shrug. Yeah, I, I for one, am, you know, I, I think you, you're obviously, you, you feel the vibes and, and you sort of know when it is time to cut bait on a guy like Clevenger who, who did, you know, forge a locker room fracture this year. Um, I, for one, am glad Trevor Bauer is no longer here, mostly because of personality, not because I'm terribly worried about him in a big game, but I just, if you lose to Trevor Bauer, that's a different level of indignity. Like you're going to have to wear that for a long time. And I'm, and he, he throttled the Yankees in game one of the, of the 2017 series. He did. I will not continue to bring this up, but like that was a particular annoyance because you know who Trevor Bauer is uh, while he's doing it to you. So you have to be like, I'm going to, I'm going to keep reading about this. Um, and he is now going to be a rumored Yankees target all off season long. Uh, not excited about that, but I digress. Um, speaking of sort of pulling uh, diamonds out of the player development program, uh, in case people have not been watching the Indians lately, Jose Ramirez, uh, who's been an MVP level player in the past, uh, but sort of goes on this roller coaster ride and, and sort of takes a backseat to Francisco Lindor as the face of the franchise, uh, pending Lindor's eventual potential removal from the roster. Um, but he, he, in the last few weeks, has had an insane couple weeks, is hitting near 500, and he's right back in the MVP race, if not the outright leader. Um, do you sort of see him as the face of this team and the most trusted bat over Lindor? And is Lindor kind of having a weird season? Is that true from an insider's perspective too? Um, yeah, so Jose Ramirez is 100% the face, um, the face of the, this Indians team. And I think he's, it's not really close right now between him and Lindor. Um, you know, Jose is personality-wise is pretty great. You know, he still doesn't speak English very well. Every time he does a sort of post-game interview, he has a translator. Um, 
and you know, from the brief time, you know, I worked a little bit in some some Cleveland sports outlets. So I've spent a little bit of time in that Indians locker room um, in past seasons, and he is just he he really is like the definition of a of a giant kid. Like he sort of just prances around the locker room. He messes with other guys. Like he is this little dude that people just love. And and there's been a couple of recent interviews with um, Fran Mill Reyes, another player that the Indians um, got from the San Diego Padres. Uh, and he's just belting at the top of his lungs. Like, I love you, Jose Ramirez. And like, he, he really has become sort of the kind of heartbeat of this team, not only with his play, uh, he's been out of his mind, like you said, these past couple of weeks when the Indians absolutely needed him to be, or else they were actually sort of risking not making the playoffs at all as they went through an eight game losing streak. Um, but just in terms of personality, like he, he really is just this fun loving, uh, fun loving guy who, um, yeah, he's just, a, he really is a joy to watch. Now, to your second point, and this is very, this has been very strange. Yeah, Francisco Lindor has had a very uh, weird season. Um, he's not been terrible by any means, but for a guy that is Francisco Lindor, who is, you know, one of the, the best shortstops in all of baseball and sort of someone we've gotten used to being really, really good all the time. Um, yeah, he, he struggled. Um, he struggled not only sort of, you know, OPS and batting average and, and all of those sort of metrics, but um, it was really interesting to me. I tweeted about this. I was watching um, the broadcast. They, I think it was uh, eight. Yeah, they lost eight nothing to the Pirates in the second to last game of the season, um, sort of breaking their six game win streak. And Lindor hit a single and tried to stretch it into a double, got thrown out by a mile. Um, and the Indians home broadcast, who are two of the sort of biggest homers you'll kind of come across, don't rarely criticize really anybody on the Indians roster, uh, really sort of went after Lindor, who has had some multiple sort of base running blunders like that uh, this season, where he's trying to stretch things off. He's gotten picked off from first base a handful of times, just stuff like he doesn't do. He's a very smart player, and he doesn't usually get caught in those situations. And the two guys doing the broadcast sort of lit into him about, you know, his base running and how he hasn't seemed like himself this year and all this stuff. And it was fascinating to me because you just, you don't hear that about a lot of players, much less like the Indian sort of star player. So I don't know what it is, whether he's just legitimately having a down year um, or, you know, he's going into free agency. He's, um, you know, the Indians have sort of, it's been public at times, their sort of negotiations with him and him publicly putting pressure on the organization and saying, I want to be here in Cleveland long term, which we all know probably is not going to happen. Um, I do start to wonder if that's weighed on him at all this season, the prospect of free agency and him, you know, going to another team. He's he's literally spent his entire career in Cleveland, came up through the system, all of that. So I don't know what's going on. Um, but he has not been the sort of anchor of the offense that he has been in past years. And, and really that's why, you know, for that's why Jose is leading MVP conversations because he's had to just put this entire offense on his back because Lindor just has not been the guy that we've been used to seeing. It's so funny. And obviously like Yankee fans are unfortunately well aware of the Lindor free agency buzz, because even though it makes next to no sense with this current roster construction, he's still going to be shipped here in every column that everyone writes until the end of the process. So we've been on Lindor free agency watch too. 
And it's been jarring to sort of see him have a season like this where it is sort of public knowledge that he is going to eventually hit free agency despite these declarations that he'd like to stay in town forever. And, and if I had my druthers, he would stay in Cleveland forever too. Like, I'm sure some Yankee fans feel differently, but I'm not the kind of person who's trying to poach faces of other franchises if it makes, especially if it makes no logical sense. So, uh, and we're now sort of hearing these, like, what if Glaber Torres is jettisoned in favor of Lindor and they re-sign DJ LeMahieu instead just because he's the machine, even though he's 32 and Glaber Torres is 23. And like Lindor and Torres appear to be having sort of similar years on offense this year. Um, and, you know, Torres has been off and on injured, is sort of hitting in the 240s. We'll have a four for five game where he knocks in the winning run and then we'll have a week without a, you know, an impactful hit. Um, so such is the 60 game beast. But also there probably, like you said, is probably a ton weighing on Lindor's mind. And it would make sense that there was more than just the weird schedule throwing him off. Um, I will also say Cleveland, eternally interesting place. Um, and Jose Ramirez just being everybody's friend. Uh, when I was there in 2016, too, I literally, you know, I'm downtown for the World Series. My phone's dying because there's not that much service because it's just clogged with media members. And I had to stop into a T-Mobile store at the mall to charge my phone in an outlet for like 20 minutes. And the salesman at the T-Mobile store was like, you guys going to the World Series? And I was like, yeah. He's like, I grew up with one of the Indians, Jose Ramirez. Yeah, we're like best friends. I was like, what are you you talking about? So there's just, there's a guy at like the Tower City, like (laughs) T-Mobile, just like Jose Ramirez's childhood friend. And like, that's just the kind of thing it, like, it wouldn't shock me if I heard that about Jose Ramirez from, like, several other people. That just, like, his childhood boys followed him to Cleveland and work at, like, a, a phone store. <laughs> and a T-Mo. That's it's an incredible story. He really is the best. And, you know, he, he has sort of come up with this catchphrase um, that's kind of gone over the past, like, four or five years. It's really, like, some of the only kind of English he speaks. But um, especially when he hits a walk-off, he starts... Uh, this thing has happened where the guy on the, the local broadcast of like, what, what pitch was it that you hit um, for a, for that walk-off home run? And he started just calling it a home run pitch and then it's comma bro. So he started saying home run pitch, bro. And it's become this thing because it's really like the only English he, he really speaks in interviews and it's become this whole thing. So uh, he's really fun. Like it's, he's a joy. He is an absolute joy to watch. Um, you know, and I think both him and Lindor, you know, Lindor at least hasn't lost his sort of passion and he's still always smiling and he's always having a good time. So like, it really has been a joy. Both of them have made baseball um, so much fun in Cleveland to watch because of just how much fun they have when they're playing the game. So um, at the very least, like that this season, at least, you know, Lindor has still had that smile and still gets hype when Jose hits a walk off. So that, that's been a blast. We do keep hearing about sort of the offensive struggles and it's hard to parse as an outsider because you see Lindor Ramirez, Carlos Santana, and you're like, all these guys have like tons of power, high OBP for the most part, like scared of all of them in a big spot. But you did touch on it that the outfield has kind of been this continual problem. Uh, and, and people will continue to cite the lineup. I believe they have a combined WRC plus of 86. So like, not good in a 60-game sample, but like I said, sort of the eye test and the name factor, I still find them dangerous. Um, is this, you know, are we right to say the offense maybe isn't that great? And what is sort of the outfield situation? Is there a guy on the, is there a guy we're missing that, that might sort of kill the Yankees in a scenario who, who we're all sort of forgetting? Or is the outfield really that, you know, bad at this point? And, and the filler guys, are, are they really not performing? Um. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I genuinely wouldn't worry about a single outfielder on the Cleveland <laughs> Indians if I, if I was a Yankees fan. It is, um, I mean, it's as bad as, it's as bad as I can remember. The Indians have always sort of tried uh, for as long as I can remember um, post those 90s teams to uh, get these guys in the outfield that are either platoon guys or they're guys that, you know, are lefty pitcher specialists. They have one of those right now in Jordan Luplow. Um, they've always sort of skirted around just getting a solid, really good outfielder. Um, you know, they briefly brought in Yastiel Puig last season. That was, you know, that was great. There was a lot of push for them to sort of re-sign him this season um, after they, they got him in the Trevor Bauer trade. That didn't happen, obviously. And I know Yastiel sort of tested positive for COVID at one point. But, like, this is the sort of thing they do all the time where they they try to go bargain hunting for um, whether they're veterans coming off a down season that they think are going to bounce back or they just tune guys. And it just rarely ever really works. Um, and this year has been sort of an extreme example of that. Like Delino DeShields and Jordan Luplo and um, God, who else am I? Who else am I missing? But yeah, they also, you know, they bring in Josh Naylor in this trade. Um, he's really not done very much. They briefly brought up DJ, uh, DJ Johnson, um, who was a guy in their minor league system. They brought him up for like six games. He played center field. I mean, he didn't hit great, but like he's a super young kid and deserves sort of time, you know, to like, get in a groove. Um, Oscar Mercado is another guy that I was kind of big on who had a really good year last year for the Indians. He was playing every day. He just absolutely can't hit anything. He's been in and out of the lineup. So like their outfield is just sort of this amalgam of guys who none of them can hit. Um, and it's really, I mean, it's really, really bad. I think I was just reading an article. I think like just in general, the Indians offense was like 23rd in batting average and yet yeah, 26th in slugging percentage. Um, it's just, it's really bad. And the downfall of this team, and, and I think why a lot of people were upset with the Clevender trade where they really didn't address like their offense whatsoever is going to be like if they just can't score any runs because as good as this rotation is going to be in the playoffs, especially starting with Shane Bieber, um, like if they're scoring one run a game, it's not going to matter uh, because you're not going to win. You're just, you have to score more than one run a game, no matter how good your pitching is, or, you know, two, three runs a game. And um, the outfield and the bottom of the lineup um, is a very large black hole. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who uh, the Indians roll out there. Um, you know, Mike Freeman is another guy that they've, yeah, all the names are coming to me as I'm going through this and there's just like 900 outfielders that they've played this season and they're all, and they're all bad. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a legitimate thing that this is the probably by far the worst offense in the playoffs and it's not close. It's so funny because this is just such a classic Yankee fan overreaction thing is that like we think we have the worst offense in the playoffs just because <laughs> we're like everyone in, on this side of the country is a psycho. So like, uh, the Yankees have been a roller coaster, and it sounds like the Indians have been too. Um, we, I mean, the Yankees were were six, famously sixteen and six, then went five and fifteen, then won ten in a row, and then ended the season two and six. And these are the kind of things that happen in a sixty game season. Uh, and it sounds like it happened to the Indians too. You know, you mentioned an eight game losing streak that I think probably went over the heads of most people on this coast. Um, but so it it does feel pertinent for me to ask, just because the fan panic meter for us is so high right now. Uh, are you as an Indians fan still scared of the Yankees in a short series, especially, I mean, 
They were supposed to be overwhelming American League favorites. Pretty clear at this point they are not. They are still a good team. The talent is there. The talent is there on the mound for Cleveland and perhaps not in the lineup. This is probably a really evenly matched series, and I would not fault you for saying just that's how you feel. But are you worried about this? Are you confident? Like, I guess our fans would like to know what the pulse of, of Cleveland is right now. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm definitely worried. Like, I, I was tweeting about this. Like, I just don't want to face the Yankees in a playoff series because, and I, I think this, this can go both ways. This can go for both the Indians and the Yankees. But, like, I do think this has been such a crazy shortened season. And without, you know, they sort of had to really ramp it up, um, you know, sp- quote-unquote spring training-wise, like, when they were just having these sort of practices at their stadiums. And then all of a sudden, like, the season started. Like, it worries me that, yes, okay, you know, both the Indians and Yankees have had sort of these up-and-down seasons, as you mentioned. But Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Like, when you just look at the Yankees lineup and, like, the players involved in this lineup, like, some of them you mentioned, like, whether it's DJ LeMahieu or whether it's, you know, my guy Gio Urshela or, like, mm-hmm. you know, even, like, a, another Indian side, like Clint Frazier. And then, obviously, there's Aaron Judge. And you just look at guys in this lineup and, um, yeah, like, I don't care how bad they've been all season and who's in a slump and, and whatever. Like, these are just – they're really talented guys, especially offensively. And – I just would rather avoid that in a first-round series, especially a short first-round season. So by no means am I uber confident that the Indians are going to win this series by, by any means. And I, you know, Garrett Cole is not a slouch. Like, even though Shane Bieber has been the best pitcher by far, like, it's still a tough matchup. And when the Indians have an offense as bad as they are, it takes a pitcher who's really good and puts them on another sort of plane when you're, when you're facing this Indians offense. So – no, I am 100%, like, I would have much rather even had to face the Twins in the first round or, you know, whoever. I think, like, the Athletics, I'm good on, on not having to face them. They're, they're very, very good. But, like, really the, Yankees, the Yankees were right up there with me just, you know, I would just rather not have to face a lineup with, um, with the names and sort of the, the potential of those players that they have because this really is sort of you're starting from scratch here. Um, the 60-game regular season really has no bearing anymore. It just is a whole new thing. And, and that, that, to me, that worries me because I have no doubt in my mind that all of a sudden this Yankees lineup it, it could just ball out. And you could just be like, well, yeah, look at who they have. So, um, no, I am, uh, I am very worried about this series, no matter how good the Indians pitching is. They really could just start balling out. It is eternally strange that like we have no data points for the AL East against the AL Central or the West or any division against another division. So like, I don't even, I can't even fall back on a stupid small sample size of like, ugh, the Indians went four and two against us this year. Like I have absolutely no idea. And if you caught the Yankees when they were on their 10 game winning streak, we probably would have bludgeoned you. Like we hit, we beat the, the Blue Jays 20 to six and swept them in a three game series and hit five home runs in an inning. And that was a week and a half ago. And now we're like, 
getting and then we went to Buffalo and got blown out by the Jays and blown out by the Red Sox and outworked by the Marlins this weekend. So you were mm-hmm. just getting this complete mishmash of like Yankee fans, very low confidence. Indians fans, it sounds like you're moderately confident or at least you know what you're getting on the mound, but nobody we've never had less data to base this on. The Indians do have these guys sort of in the middle innings. I will say that also feel like they've sort of like James Karinchak in the bullpen and Tristan McKenzie, who's probably going to get bumped out of the rotation into a bullpen role, right? Yeah, he will. He will 100% be starting in the bullpen, um, which, uh, yeah, they, they do. You mentioned James Karinchak, who um, is just, I don't know how much you've gotten to watch of him. Um, you, you mentioned before we started that you, you've seen him a couple of times, but he, he, <laughs> he looks like, he looks like he's done some drugs before he pitches. He's <laughs> just, just a couple, yeah. He's just like tweaking and f- like fidgeting and like he's just all over the place. But man, he has some of the nastier stuff that I've seen from a reliever. He also, I need you to know this. Um, mm-hmm. He is. Uh, he's been compared to the Wild Thing from the movie Major League. Obviously, Charlie Sheen, mm-hmm. um, because of his mannerisms and because of you know he does have a pretty mean fastball, but at times his control can be all over the place. So there are some parallels between him and the fictional Wild Thing character. Um, the other day, I was watching a game. He came in and he had cut uh, his hair, the back of his hair, like the Wild Thing, where it kind of like goes in a little bit. If you've seen Major League, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so he's really embraced the whole thing, and I'm. This is a. I am a pro James Karinchak. Like I'm all in on that dude. So uh, he's a lot of fun. He's also very good. Um, Brad Hand, our closer, has actually surprisingly had a pretty good season. There was a lot of concern about um, what he was going to be this year. He had sort of lost some velocity uh, towards the end of last season and was really struggling. He's actually been very good. Uh, for the Indians, and then yeah, you mentioned um, Tristan McKenzie, who the Indians called up when when Mike Clevenger was traded uh, in a couple of spot starts. He he did very well. Uh, he looks like he weighs about 13 pounds. He is the skinniest person I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, but out of the bullpen, I think he's going to be a legitimate factor. He's got a really good fastball um, that he sort of was losing a little bit of velocity on as a starter, but they had him out of the pen the other day and his velocity was right back up to about 95, which is sort of where it peaks. Um, so he's a little bit of a weapon that I think they're going to be able to use, um, coming out of the bullpen. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Adam, the thing I feel confident about is the Indians pitching, um, very much so like that is, like you said, the one thing I know that I'm going to get from this team is going to be good, consistent pitching. It's just really going to come down to like, can the Indians hit at all? <laughs> and like, that's such a crazy question to ask for like a major league team in the playoffs. But that this Indians team is so weird like that. Like their pitching is absolutely elite and their hitting is like a minor league level. So it, it is just the, it's a wild juxtaposition. Um, that it's also wild that they have an MVP candidate on the offense and yet the, their offense is abysmal. So it's just, um, it's a weird team. And it makes it hard to fully know what you're going to get from them. But at the very least, I think, especially in the playoffs, having pitching is so important. And that's sort of what we're hanging our hat on. It's a weird year. It's a strange matchup. It's nobody's confident. Everybody's confident. Everyone has reason to be both. Uh, I wish we could be there in person, uh, sipping Great Lakes out on that right field porch. Uh, But unfortunately, Uh, we're going to have to, I guess, watch from home. That's the strange thing. Uh, hopefully one of us, I will say, hopefully one of us 
makes it out of the American League this year. It would be nice. It would be nice for either of us to have that, that thing to talk about for the next month. Um, but Jordan, thanks so much for coming on uh, and talking about this extremely weird team and at least bringing a sense of the narrative uh, to some people who probably didn't get enough of a chance to watch the Indians this year. Um, I, I, do, I do appreciate the insight. And I, do, I just feel like you guys have these sort of weird, funky playoff narratives uh, and that, you know, with McKenzie, with Karinczak, with Jose uh, and Bieber, although, you know, quiet man isn't the most interesting postseason narrative, but there's something there. I, I, anything could happen in the next couple of days. I would not be surprised at all. Yeah. And, you know, it is a little bit for, for us Indians fans. Like it does feel a little bit like the last go round because, you know, Lindor is probably going to be gone. And that's, um, you know, we could do a whole, I could do a three hour podcast on how sad that's going to be. Um, but, you know, it does, it does feel a little bit like, you know, they've been on this run since 2016 when they went to the World Series um, where, you know, they've had, they've put together some really, really good and fun teams. Like they had the 22 game winning streak in 2017. Like it's just been very memorable. Um, and I'm hoping that we'll at least have a bit of a playoff run, um, you know, this season so that, you know, whatever is going to happen in the future is going to happen. But, um, you know, I will say on the, on the split side, like, this Yankees team, because there are some Cleveland ties between Gio Urshela and Clint Frazier, both are two guys who I really, really like. Uh, we didn't really get a chance to see Clint Frazier in Cleveland, like, at all. He was gone before his career even started here. But um, it's crazy to watch Gio flourish like he has. It makes me very frustrated <laughs> because <laughs> he, he was so good defensively when he was here in Cleveland. He just couldn't hit. And then he went to New York, and now he's, you know, hitting close to 300, which blows my mind. So, um, or, I'm sorry, he's hitting three. No, what is he, 298? I just looked up. So anyway, I know he's hit close to 300, um, you know, in seasons past. But yeah, so, you know, it would be, look, I don't want to lose to the Yankees. But, you know, if there's a team to lose to, if there's an iteration of the Yankees to lose to, it's one with guys like Clint and Gio, who I do have some ties to and who, like, you can at least kind of root for moving forward. Yeah, this is definitely the first round matchup that I was most excited to see out of the possibilities, even Yankees-White Sox. Uh, which I guess would be a more favorable matchup in quotes, just wouldn't have felt as interesting to me. So I'm glad the Yankees backed into it, and I'm glad we got to preview it today. And hopefully we see some funky stuff. That, that's all I asked for in, in 2020. Yeah, let's get weird. Exactly. Let's just let's get, let's weird. Just get weird. Absolutely. Yeah, anything weird is good at this juncture. That is it for this Yankees wild card round playoff preview on the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Uh, make sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and leave those five-star reviews. Uh, until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib, and you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. Jordan, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter. I am at Cleveserm, C-L-E-E-Z-I-R-M. Um, I'm sure there will be lots of Indians tweets to come if you want to get mad at me uh, as a Yankees fan, so <laughs> that's where I'm at. Yeah, Jordan talks uh, a lot of NFL football and a lot of Browns, uh, but surely over the next week or so, uh, the Indians are going to sneak their way in there. Um, Jordan, thanks so much for coming uh, and, and chatting with me. Really appreciate it. Uh, and, and obviously, you're invited back anytime that it is appropriate. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. This was great. All right. Thanks, everybody, and take care. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.